Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say Queen's rule, but they don't. Queen's Lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am so honored to have Danielle Jaworski joining us. Welcome, Danielle. Hello. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, well, I'm on the flip side. So thank you for having me here. <laughs> Here's a blooper. Here's a blooper. Right? For your blooper I love video. it. <laughs> Bloopers already. Hey, let's just go with it. I love it. Um, I love it. So tell us about you. Where are you at? Where are you from? What do you do? Perfect. So where I'm at, I am just in Ontario outside of Toronto. I'm really, I kind of born and raised here in Ontario, former corporate gal in an entrepreneur's world. And these days I'm all about really helping women to feel much more comfortable getting in front of their ideal audience, specifically as female founders and leaders so that you can create the business that you love. And at the end of the day, have a life that you just really feel like you're having a lot of impact in. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about that. I know you're focused um, mostly on women over 40. Yes. yes also absolutely. a woman over 40 right Yay. here. Very proud to be actually, I don't know about you, but this feels like the best time of my life. It like does. Whoever said that high school was supposed to be that, thank God it wasn't. <laughs> thank God that's not the best time of my life. That was kind of awful. In fact, yes, would not want to go back myself. No way. No way. So tell us about corporate America. What, what was your role there? What did that look like for you in your life? Well, it was interesting because for me, corporate was always where I planned to be. When I was in university, I had this, this idea in my twenties by 40, I want to have a manager title and I wanted to make X amount of money because that to me meant success. And I wanted to be successful. Yeah. Uh, so I started off in the food industry and very quickly, every couple of years, if not sometimes even six months to two years, I was in new roles or even changing companies. And just, I thrived on coming in, learning. I had just this insatiable appetite to learn and then grow. How can I add on to what it is I already knew? Always looking for that next step without yeah. even consciously thinking, <laughs> And remembering that goal I had in my 20s about where I wanted to be by 40. So for me, I started off in the food industry and then I, I jumped over to pharma, grew my, my career up uh, through there. And literally then at, at 40 years old, literally on my 40th birthday, it became that pivotal moment where I just looked in the mirror and I said, I, I just, I can't do this. If this was 40, then I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this for another 40 years. So something right. has to change. And I realized that everything that was hard in my life, whether it would be as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a boss, as a peer, everything was hard. And I was the common denominator. Yeah. So I took a, that look in the mirror and I said, I need to work on this person right here. Yeah. That's a tough realization, isn't it? That like, I have all these problems and oh crap. I'm the common denominator in yes. all of that, right? Yes, yes. There was a lot of tears happening that night. <laughs> I bet, I bet. So you were in uh, pharmaceutical sales when you exited? 
No, I was in uh, compliance. So production okay. compliance and training when I, when I made the decision to, to, gotcha. to get off that ladder and just explore what else is out there. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what do you feel like gave you the permission to do that? I mean, did you, did you save up a bunch of money? Did you take out a loan? Did you like, how did you make yourself feel safe moving into that, that space? It's interesting because there was no prior thought process around the decision. It was just 40th birthday. I, I can't do, I just can't do this anymore. I felt like I just could not move forward any longer. I looked at my husband, he kind of came into the room. I was on the computer, uh, like Googling different jobs and just at the computer crying. And he looked at me, I looked at him and I said, I'm done. I, I cannot physically, mentally, emotionally do this anymore. I feel like I'm dying on the inside. Something has to change. I know it's me. So I just need to, to stop. And he looked at me and he said, okay, we will wow. figure it out. And it's interesting because when I made that decision, again, there was no plans. So there was no time to save up. But I realized that as, as a married couple, as we were going through and growing in our marriage and going through our careers, we were always very conscious about saving money and having that rainy day fund, the just in case fund. I always yeah. thought it was for a big vacation or a new car or something. <laughs> Little but, did you know, it was for a whole new life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we we had we had savings, we had that, but it just became he took on more responsibility. I, I was a breadwinner leading up to that decision. And so it became, you know, obviously think he we worked on this together. It was a decision we made together. And we yeah. just worked through it, became very conscious around how we were living, what we were spending our money on, what I would need to explore who I was without any idea about what that would actually look like. And then it turned into becoming an entrepreneur and trying to build a business the first time uh, for, for two years, which at the end ultimately ended up failing. And I ended up returning to corporate. Oh, wow. Okay. So other than the Googling other jobs, how did you come up with that first iteration of your entrepreneurial journey? It really just came down to when I took the summer off. That was the, that was the original um, conversation I had with my husband when I said, I'm done. I just want to take the summer off, reconnect with my kids because um, I was not very present in their life. And that was something I felt incredibly guilty for. So that, okay, I'm going to take the summer, dedicate it to them, and then I'll return. That was the plan. Yeah. When the, as the summer was coming to the end, I realized I I did not want to go back to where I had been because I'm like it wasn't me, and I didn't understand this whole bigger picture, this bigger purpose. I just felt that I was being called to do something different. I needed to explore it. I looked at all my friends who loved what they did. They just all happened to be entrepreneurs. They were all very successful in what it is that they did. I looked at yeah. them and I thought, they're six, how hard can it be? They make it look so easy. How hard can it be? I'm going to yeah. give this a go. And I thought immediate success right out of the gates. And it was quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Was it a different iteration of your current business or a completely different concept? It's interesting because <clears throat> I never really fully grasped exactly what it is that I, I did. I knew it was something in the coaching. I focused on leadership development for women and girls. I ended up writing a book uh, during that time off as well and publishing that. And that was, I knew that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to help women and really help to take control of their, their lives. And, and I thought at the time of their careers and it, but it just became, I 
I was trying to create a business at the same time of really trying to understand and explore who I was as an individual, no longer with the title, with the salary, the two things I really was driving towards as a 20, like remember that goal back in the 20s, I achieved what I wanted by the time I was 38. And so now when I stepped out of corporate without, you know, those four walls around me, without being able to, you know, work under the guise of someone else's brand, someone else's name, I was all of a sudden me as a business owner, having no idea who I was. Yeah. So How much of your identity was wrapped up in that corporate America job? So much of it. So much of it. A whole thing. A whole thing. Like that's how I consider myself successful. Because it was, yeah. ooh, I'm really important because I'm on, I'm on my laptop all hours of the day and night, and people needed me. I was solving problems. I was getting things done. And so that's all those external factors and elements. That's how I define success. So when I took all that away, it became I have no idea who I am. Yeah. I have no idea how to be or feel successful anymore. And here I am trying to build a business where you have to put yourself out there. I did not want to do that. I had a fear of sharing my opinion, sharing my voice. Presence was hard. I, I feared the camera. I would spend hours creating a video that would just get deleted from my phone or I would post it and then secretly cross my fingers and hope that nobody saw it. Right. Because I was afraid of being visible, which yeah. as a business owner, you have to be able to put yourself out there in ways that, ways that feel good in order for people yes. to find you and then hire you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell us about um, some of the reasons you attribute to the failure of your first concept. Well, the biggest piece for me was I was trying to explore who I was at the same time of creating a business. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of overwhelm and confusion. And I was coming from that very corporate world. And I, I love dressing a certain way. I'm a heel girl, like three inch plus high heels. And I would be in this entrepreneurial world where multiple, and this is unfortunately women, a lot of women said to me, take a look around the room, look at what everyone else is wearing and dress more like them. Because this look that I had, it was, I stuck out at a lot of events that I went to, uh, which I now think back and think, well, isn't that being an entrepreneur is that you want to stand out, right? Um, yeah. So but how I successful know, were the businesses of the women to tell that were telling you be more like them on the outside, <laughs> they looked to be very successful, but it just, it, it just attributed to this whole self image piece. I don't know who I am. So I'm not confident with myself. Well, how can I put myself out there? And it just, this whole struggle. So that, that was the biggest piece was, was trying to figure out who I am at the same time as building a business, not knowing I just had to listen to myself and trusting that inner voice, which I, again, I didn't even realize because there was so much, you don't know what you don't know when you're right. starting to explore, starting your own business, doing something new. And I put a lot of trust and faith in other people and believed them instead of really believing what felt good to me and yeah. doing things that felt really good to who I am and felt, felt aligned. Yeah. Well, congratulations on that failure because it's obviously led to where you are today, which is yes. a much better place. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about today's iteration of your business. So today's iteration is really based on that 
that experience that I went through, failing to be visible, failing to put myself out there, to be present, to share my voice. And after about two and a half years, I made the decision to return to corporate, like I said before. Best decision ever at the end of the day. I needed to get back to that stable place where I could explore who I was without worrying about having that like kind of chasing clients because I need, I, I needed, you know, and I not just needed, but I also wanted to earn income. I've been so used to it. And yeah. it became so why I earned it in corporate. Why can't I earn it over here? But when I went back into corporate, I saw all these struggles that women were having and the way that they were feeling. I realized I didn't feel that any that anymore. Why? Mm. Oh, because I worked with all these women entrepreneurs. I did a lot of coaching. I worked with different practitioners on my confidence, who I was. Um, and even though I, I kind of failed on the entrepreneurial side, being back in that corporate environment, I was very different. I'm like, no, I, I don't feel this way. And I thought, how can I help these women who are going through these challenges I used to have? And how can I connect them to the entrepreneurs that I know who have these solutions? Yeah. And so I, this is where this idea for a TV show came up. Again, fear of cameras. I have a degree in microbiology, no background in broadcasting or media. <laughs> Again, food pharma industry, who am I to get into media and broadcasting? Yeah. I had this, this belief that I could connect these challenges to the solutions that women offered. I, so I created and then I pitched a TV show to a network, a local um. TV, a television broadcasting company that's here in the area that I live in. They accepted it. And then wow. I learned how to, yeah, I learned how to produce and host for three seasons where I did exactly what I just felt really called to do, where I was supporting women in corporate, women entrepreneurs, connecting challenges to solutions, at the same time, overcoming my own visibility fears because wow. no, no bigger way to get over it. Than what better way? Yourself. In front of a TV camera, like here's not? a TV studio, ma'am. Get comfortable. I'm talking. So, so it works. It works quick. It, it did because for me, the belief in the ability to create an impact and fulfill a need that I truly saw that helped me get over the fear of being visible because it was no longer about me. Yes, I was the host. I was on camera. I was getting guests, but it wasn't about me. It was about really bringing women together elevating them, their presence, their voice, their solutions, and then helping us collectively to solve problems and all move forward together. Wow. That's incredible. What's the, what was the show called? It was called the C-suite. The C-suite. Okay. The C -suite. Can we still yes. see it? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's I, on my website. There is a link under conversations to watch the show. And it's the C-suite, even though it's the C-suite, it's kind of this tongue in cheek, cheek take on corporate. So we think the C-suite, the C stood for choice though, because it was all about helping women to create choices in their careers and their businesses. Yeah. Wow. Well, how incredible. So that led into you going, you know what? I think I'm going to coach women privately now. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So when my, my contract ended in corporate, I was still hosting the show and doing this show and I felt I could do something more. I, I, I knew I had that clarity that I lacked before. I had the confidence to say, I know I can do this. I know I can create these safe spaces for women to come in, explore themselves and then create the business or the career for the career that they imagine. I'm going to do it. So I was much more equipped the second time around to do what I, I wanted to do. And that's where I am today is helping women to really get over those visibility fears 
so that they can create that life or the business that, that they really imagine they want to do. Wow. That's an incredible story. I love it. Um, is there anything that you can attribute, uh, in your past, maybe your childhood or early adulthood, uh, that contributed to your fear of the camera and visibility and all of these things that you're helping coach people through? Is there something you can put your finger on or is it kind of just life? <laughs> many. It's funny. Like great question, Amy, because many things back to when I grew up, it was just where I lived. And it was just more children were meant to be seen, not heard. Um, I have brothers and it became, well, like the girl will grow up and she'll get married and be taken care of. So I, I felt like I was kind of invisible against my brothers. In school, I would be that girl. I, I had answers or I had questions, but I would never raise my hand. I didn't want to be seen because heaven forbid if I give a wrong answer. And then the flip side is, well, heaven forbid I give the right answer and then I come off as smart. And if the boys don't like smart girls, I'm not going to, again, this whole idea about you know who you need to be. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm shy at the end of the day. I'm shy. I'm introverted at dances. I would be a wallflower. I just was uncomfortable with who I am. Even though I went to a performing arts school for four years, when I got on stage, I felt alive. Getting there was so challenging mm -hmm. because I didn't want people looking at me, Yeah, which is why I think I did well when I was in an orchestra or in a play with lots of other people. There was never the yes. focus on me. Yeah. There was lots of other people to kind of pay attention to, not just yeah. me. Yeah, definitely. But being, I mean, you're in Canada. I'm in Oklahoma. And our stories are so similar. And I talk to women across the globe. I've, I've had guests recently from India and Australia, and their stories are the same. Children are to be seen and not heard. What if you have the right or wrong answer? They're either a wallflower or they're the extrovert that gets suppressed. Like I was not the wallflower. I was the one in the middle of the dance floor acting like a crazy person, but being made to feel like I was too much, too wrong, too over the top, too loud. So then I became the wallflower because I had to suppress that. So it's so interesting to me that these stories, the thread, the common thread in all these stories is worldwide and global concept that we all think is kind of unique to our area. I'm learning it's not. We all have felt this way at some point. Absolutely. And I really focus on women over 40 because as we age, especially when, if you have a business, or you're in the online environment, there's this idea and this perception that it's for the youth. You see a lot of influencers who are much younger. And we had a, a situation last year where a woman who was on TV, it was alleged that she was let go partly due to the fact that she let her hair go gray during the pandemic. So there was this real focus on ageism and how wow. do we feel we have to look, especially online, what are people's perceptions or what do we believe people's perceptions are that we have to look like or our backgrounds have to look like or we show up. So I feel like that's something, especially as we age, like, well, like we're older, like my hair, like it's, I got my gray showing today. And and I'm okay with that now, but it took a lot for me to get to the point where like, how do I want to, you know, perceive, how do I perceive myself? How do I want to put myself out there? And like, if things are not perfect, like being okay with that, Yeah, because definitely. I have to be okay with me. Right. Yeah. Being okay with you is, is literally everything. I had a mentor say a while back, it's been a couple of years ago now, but it's not what I think about me. It's not what you think about me. It's what I think you think about me. 
that really holds me up. Right. All these, you know, women on TV aren't supposed to have gray hair, supposed to be 40. They're supposed to be 25, you know, knock down, drag out, blonde hair, blue eye, 36, 24, 36, perfection, right? That's not what we are. Not by a long shot. Not most of us. Yeah. Yeah. So true. But yet we have this idea, but yet when we, our audiences, I find, and this is almost the beauty of COVID where I find people because they were home, they really wanted to see people like them. Yeah. So I find this is the beauty where, and when I work with clients, it becomes just beauty as who you are. Like, and that's why I'm okay letting my, my gray hair show, or if I don't show up all, all made up and that's okay. Like there's that's oh, over time, this is, there's a way I want to present myself, but if I don't show up that way one day, it's okay. Yeah. Because that's what people are connecting to. And your audience is going to connect with you, your energy, your message. And if people stop following you because your hair doesn't look great one day, or you're rolled out of bed, you've got bad, like, it's a, like, they're probably not. You weren't my people. Yes. Yeah. You are not I'm my people. Like, you can't people. take a messy bun. You're not my people. <laughs> or if you can't take me in a ball gown with red lips at a networking event, also not my people. Cause I get into that sort of thing. <laughs> Exactly. But it's just, who are you? Who are you comfortable showing up as and whatever that looks like to you? And it's every different and realizing that it's going to evolve and change over time as yes. you evolve and change and grow and get more comfortable with yourself and what messages become more important to you that you want to share with your audience. It's okay to change and it's okay to show up as you, but it takes a lot of courage, a Absolutely. lot of courage to do that. So much. I was just talking to my partner about this this week. I'm like, you know, I'll be 42 this year. And I feel like I've finally come into myself just these past few years doing these things, you know, accepting, recognizing, loving this person, loving this little girl, this teenage girl, this adult woman, this mother, this wife, this everything that I am and everything that I've always been. But is there a time like, because I, we wouldn't be, you and I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation today. If we hadn't been what we were before, we hadn't yeah. seen that struggle. We hadn't been the wallflower. So, I mean, I, I guess it's just different for everybody, but what is that? What's the time? When is that time that we, especially as women begin to recognize that the shift in our life, right? Does it, is it something about the age 40? Is that what it is? I honestly, <laughs> For me, definitely was. I feared that 40th birthday and I tried everything I could do to not even be in town that birthday, but the universe conspired and I had to be there for my kids. But a lot of the women I work with, it's that getting close to 40 or all of a sudden it's almost as if this awareness kicks in that I'm running out of time or they just start to sense. I've now got good 15, 20 years under my belt in my career. I'm on this logical path but for some reason it's no longer suiting my needs and they almost feel compelled to start looking at doing things drastically different than what they're currently doing, but being more in service of others in a really different way. So I think, and maybe I got it, maybe it's at 40 and that has to go with our whole culture of over the hill at 40. But I think it's almost (laughs) as definite, like like almost like awakening period around that time where all of a sudden you have enough skills, you're kind of confident in what you're able to do. You've got lots of years under your belt. You have this beautiful experience and wisdom now. It's yeah. almost as, as if you get around the corner and it becomes, how can you best use that wisdom to really help and support others yes. uh, to make their lives easier? 
Absolutely. And I find too, that a lot of, a lot of women, my age are kind of, um, graduating from motherhood in a way, you know, and, and they've kind of reached some of those pinnacles of their career and they're going, what else? you know, what does this yeah. all mean? What, why am I here? My kids don't need me anymore. I'm about there as much as they used to. Do you think it's also just looking for purpose in that life where all these little projects throughout our life in our twenties and thirties have kept us so busy and entertained and, and confined to a certain task that now the world kind of opens up and you're like, what else? How can I be of service to myself and others? Uh, because yeah. not everybody in my life is going to need me forever especially those I teenagers. I know. And yes, I, I, so take those years, like those years where the kids are around and they just, oh, just mine are growing up and leaving the home soon. So it'll be, I relishing those moments with them as much as I can. But I think it just comes down to, I think this, it's just this, this thought process. It's the, yes, I, a lot of purpose. A lot of the women I, I speak to and I work with, it becomes this deeper purpose or they look at, okay, I've spent 10, 15, 20 years of my career. I've gotten here. And especially with the last couple of years, it becomes the, in order for me to get to that next step where I want to be, what is it going to take for me to do this? What is it going to take from me to do this? And is this really truly that path that I want to continue on? Again, if you look at B, back in my 20s this is what I wanted. And then you get there and you realize, hmm, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Did it, I want this? I, yeah. I asked 20s, for this. I asked really? <laughs> asking for but not thinking that there'd be a husband and children it was just okay by 40 I want this is I didn't think it in fact during the people part of, of who yeah. I wanted in my life at 40 then yeah. it became if if you still want to pursue this path that that you have your heart you know your mindset on or is it a path you want to pursue that you have more your heart set on and it becomes I don't know from an employer's perspective if you have like um employees who are at that stage and just they're contemplating like I love employers who just really support their team members their employees and just exploring that something else outside of work because yes. fulfillment can come in many many different ways and when you fulfill when you feel fulfilled and you're happy or that sense of purpose outside of work guess what it naturally flows into what it is that you do how you show up in your work difference the quality of your work changes your relationships with team members and inside the work changes definitely. for the better for everybody. Yeah, definitely. It does. Um, what are, what are the questions or the problems that women are presenting, um, to you with when they come to work with you? Is it more of a, like, they already know that they're lacking purpose or is it just a struggle or a question, or is it something concrete that you can really define or is it just a variety? It's interesting. It's really two, uh, two main areas. So one is women who are in corporate, who are just seeking that they, they really want to express themselves in a different way and really take ownership of something really different and do what they want to do their way, which means creating a business. And whether it be a business that they have their heart set on in five years, I'm going to you know, take the time to grow it. So in five years, um, I can I transition full-time to the business instead of waiting to retirement to do all these wonderful things. You have your heart and your dreams set on to bringing them now, yeah. or it can just be a simple side business where it's just something you work on very, very gently. It brings in a little bit of income, but it's more that impact, that purpose that they want to feel. That's kind of the one client I work with. The other client is women who are already business owners. They've been business owners for quite some time. 
They, however, are having that sense that there's more, they can do more. They wanna take their business in a different direction. I work, most of my clients, it's interesting. And I didn't, I never set out this way, but they're mostly in the personal growth and wellness areas mm-hmm. where they're a service-based business. And then they're feeling really called to add on a product or offer a product within their business. Well, how does that work? Because that's not what they do or really add in um, a whole different element, a whole different type of service to what it is they, they do or to grow their business. But in order to do that, they have to become visible. They have to get out in front of new audiences, which means they have to get more comfortable putting themselves out there, speaking, being seen and really up-leveling their presence. And so we work on that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a common thing for every, pretty much everyone. Like you said, everyone in business, we have to put ourselves out there. If we don't tell people what we're doing, they don't know and you have to do it effectively with confidence or they're definitely not gonna do business with you even if they do know. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you can't get seen and heard, you can't get found and hired to do what you really, truly want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us some of, back to the business side, tell us the different, I mean, we know that the big difference was your confidence and kind of Reddit being ready, but what are some of the things you've seen as successful in this, um, in your business that have helped you um, move it forward? Uh, have you been able to, um, have you done everything on your own or have you had to bring in some team members or other outside help to help you with some of these decisions to make it more successful this time? Absolutely. A great question. And the answer is the biggest, the biggest different thing that I did, the biggest thing I did differently is including other people. That mindset mm-hmm. that I had the first time was again in corporate because there's, there's silos in corporate and you, you've right. got your box that you play in. Um, so I, the first time I had that same kind of thinking and mindset doing business. So I thought I had to do everything myself, which <laughs> you're burning the, you know, the, the candle at both ends. You're constantly, you know, trying, trying new things because you don't know what's going to work and you're constantly learning, which is just energy and time draining. The second time before I stepped out, I had already enrolled in um, a women's entrepreneur program. Um, uh, it was like a, it was eight weeks long, I already enrolled in that so that I could learn skill sets I never got the first time also to start creating a network I from there I also really started leveraging the relationships I had with other women entrepreneurs and created these beautiful collaborations these um, different partnerships as well that I could grow my business very differently and not on my own so that like hands down was the biggest difference between the first time and the last time, apart from being more clear and having the confidence was realizing I don't have to do this by myself. And it's a whole lot more fun when you're surrounded by other people who want to see you succeed. Absolutely. Tell us more about growing that network. Has it been in person or online or a combination of both? And how did you get started with networking? So for me, luckily, I had some key individuals from my business the first time when I transitioned back into corporate, we just stay really, stay really connected. When I was making the decision to step out again, they were my biggest cheerleaders. And I started from there. So for me, instead of reinventing the wheel, I felt safe with them. I trusted them. They were already supporting me. I started there. So I worked within their networks. Um, and mm-hmm. then from there, I just had the confidence to start reaching out into new networks during the time, everything was, was pretty much locked down here where I yeah. am. So everything was built online, which again, I'm an introvert. So a lot of times people think, oh, it's a lot easier to build relationships online. 
for me, I'm, I'm much better in person. I missed, I really miss in-person events. Um, but I was able to build everything online again, working with different entrepreneur groups. I consistently am finding different women's groups to be a part of whether it through an organization or working with a coach who runs accountability groups, but just constantly surrounding myself with, with new people. Now that we're in person, especially we're really where I am, we're really starting to get into in-person events again. I'm, my yes. calendar is getting full because that's where I just, I thrive, like just seeing people in person. If people are huggers, you're able to kind of hug people. Yeah. But which is interesting as well, because being an introvert, it's, it takes a lot of energy for me to be around people. Mm-hmm. I've had to shift and change how I, I now do my business because if I'm out and about seeing people in, you know, in person the next day, I'm post, like I am so tired because yes. it's energy draining for me. Yeah, I think it is for, it is for me too. And I would, I would self-identify as an extrovert, but, and it's not that I'm a different person when I'm there, but there's just a different energy level when you're speaking, teaching, or just networking in general. I, I also feel very drained after those really busy networking or event days for sure. So yeah, know yourself and schedule yourself out (laughs) give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself in your brain. Self-care, yeah. like that's what self-care that's looks right. like too. We think hundred percent everything else, but it's also fun. Yeah, downtime. just time, downtime for sure. And I love, I want to go back to what you said about the networks that you'd built before, because I was just having this conversation this last weekend at a mastermind with someone who was very new in business. She just started her marketing agency, similar to mine. And she's like, well, who do I sell to? Like, I just don't, I, you know, my website isn't ranking yet. I'm not getting organic leads and I don't know where to fish. Okay. You remember when your grandpa said, go where the fish are biting, talk to the people you already know. You will not find a bigger cheerleader for you than someone that you already know. Even if you offer your service or, or whatever your widget is at a discount or whatever, these people come in and they can be your projects. I mean, the very first website I ever built was for a family hairdresser. I think I charged her $300. It was built on Weebly. It was awful. I mean, I almost feel guilty about it to this day. And I spent hours and hours on it, but I learned so much. And she still to this day is out there tooting my horn about this god-awful website I built. But it was the people who are familiar in your circle that are going to champion around you. Not all of them will, but so many that you already know it doesn't have to be cold. Go with those warm leads of people you know and people they know. And that is a great kind of fail safe way to start with your new widget or your service or your course, I think sell it to the people, you know, if it's crap, at least you'll get really great feedback. Honestly. Yes. Yes. And sometimes though, it's interesting because you think you don't want rejection from people, you know, because that would hurt more than people you don't know, but it just, I love that. What what, the advice that you shared, because and it doesn't even have to be, you feel like you're selling. It just becomes, you know what? Like, texting all your friends or I'm a big person. I love voicemails. I much prefer to leave a voicemail on a DM than, than typing. Mm-hmm. It becomes, listen, this is what I'm doing. You know, if this is something for you or, you know, someone who has these specific challenges, I would really appreciate a connection email. Um, yeah. Cause I just want to help people you know, kind of live again, their best life or whatever that happens to be. So it's just more like, and I always kind of approach things with, even when I did the TV show, I started changing my mindset around um, when I was working with guests because I'd never called them interviews. So with my guests, I'd never said, oh, come on to the show and have an interview. It was always a conversation. 
Yes. Because when we think interview, I go back to when you're in a job interview and you're trying to prove to the hiring manager that <laughs> you are the best candidate. Yeah. You're constantly thinking, well, I have to prove and the person's going to like me or not like me. Where like, no, it's just a conversation because anyone like my guests that come on the show or I, the live streams I do now, I already believe you're the expert. Yeah. So there's no proving, there's no interview. It's just a conversation where you get to share what it is that you know. And that's how I started approaching when I did these, these warm DMs or reach outs. It becomes, it's just a conversation. Listen, this is what I'm doing. If, if it's you or someone you know, I would appreciate, you know, give that clear call to action. And then it's just, it just can leave it there. And if people engage, if they don't, it's okay. But it just, it's kind of putting yourself out there, but reframing your mindset around what that reach out is about. It's not a sales, it's a con, you're starting a conversation with a relationship. Like you see someone sitting beside you at the coffee shop, you say, hello, hey, how's it going? You don't go straight into that sales pitch. It's just like, hey, how's the weather? Oh, what are you drinking? Like it's that soft, really approachable way to connect with people some engage some don't and you just yeah you just take it from there yeah exactly I always I always uh talk about like asking for the sales like saying will you marry me how about yeah. we ask him out on a cup for a cup of coffee first you know like you want to date me let's just talk about something yes yes but yeah. asking everybody out. to marry you creates all other problems. That's a whole other set of problems. Exactly. But I love what you said about having just a conversation. I feel the same way about this podcast and about any networking event I go to, you know, I used to feel so like strapped to talk about business and, and like numbers and all these facts and things, but getting to know another human is actually kind of a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. With no pressure, you just kind of get to be yourself and share whatever you feel good with. And just what I love is holding space for someone else, especially mm -hmm. as we're starting to get back into more in-person events. I went to one a couple of weeks ago and the, the popular conversation was, when was the last in-person event? And it was years ago. This is my first yeah. one. So we're all getting our training wheels back on when it comes to networking in person and feeling comfortable again. So that's something we're all connecting over. So why yeah. not? talk about that, then that totally is an icebreaker. Completely. Yeah. Let's talk about how we're human. And I'm yeah. so, like you said there, I mean, COVID, whatever, it brought some really great things to, to yeah, us. Great. I feel like it brought the ability to connect like this. I would not have had the opportunity to talk to you in Canada before in such a way. I mean, we had this technology, but it wasn't so readily available and, and understood by everyone in the world. And so it's opened up the opportunity to have these conversations across the globe or even in, you know, across town, we can connect with somebody else in a, so many different ways than we could before. And I think it's so beautiful. Absolutely. I agree. Are there use, I mean, I know if I was on a zoom meeting before COVID, I would have been like, so perfect, make sure everything in the background, make sure that this dog isn't going to like stand up and be in the way. There's not a baby on a lap. I love that now. I celebrate it. I see a, somebody's baby or someone's dog. I'm like, hey, oh my gosh, you know, you're you're a human. Holy crap. Holy cow. You have dogs and families and, you know, UPS guys showing up and all the kind of things that we all have. Wow, we're human. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect, do we? I love exactly. that. Exactly. Give us all permission cold. just to let it all hang out. Right. And that's thing. They, again, I, like, the, yeah, so often the women I'm working with, they're so afraid. Can I, what can I show? Like, what? You share with others what, what it is you want to share. That's up to you and everyone's different based on your business and your visibility journey. But what yeah. you share is unique to you. 
Um, if you need to use a, a background filter, then use a background filter. That's yeah. okay. Or like keep wave, do that. Just go buy a nice shower curtain or find one speck of plain wall. Like that's the problem with open concept homes these days. I find that there's no walls. So <laughs> yeah. you kind of have to find the right angle and but yeah, but it just, it's finding that place that works for you and realizing again, where you start, it's not where you have to stay. And more than likely, if you're running a business, it's not going to be where you stay because change is constant and mm -hmm. we're evolving uh, constantly as well. So it's just realizing this is where you are today. It's okay. You learn and you grow from there. I love that you said that we don't have to stay where we are. You're not planted in your city, state, town, job, occupation. You're not planted anywhere. You, ha you have the choice. You mentioned yes. that word choice. We have a lot of choices that we get to make. Um, I can't believe this time is already coming uh, to a close. Tell our guests um, uh, what it looks like to work with you and also how they can get in contact with you if they are on the fence about trying to move out of corporate into business or in business and feeling kind of stuck. Um, what does it look like to work with you and where do we get in contact with you to do that? Absolutely. So first is the where is my website, daniellejaworski.com. There's links to book complimentary conversation with me. Again, it's just a conversation. That's all it is. And to work with me, it's interesting because I just had this conversation the other day with a peer and she said, what's unique about you? She's like, you just don't coach. I said, oh, I know. I can't just coach, even though, yes, I'm a mindset coach. I'm also a visibility consultant. I'm a mentor as well. I said, I just can't do one thing. So what I'm doing now is I'm just combining everything because at the end of the day, you know, whether it's, it's you need to grow your business, well, you need a mindset component of that to help you get over the fears and find that courage to step out and be seen and be more visible. But then you also need the skill sets. So for me, I'm like, you could go three different places and pay three different fees, or I can just offer it as one service. So I like to say I do like a three in one where you're getting mindset, business and visibility. I work one-on-one -on -one or small groups and it's small groups because I really want my clients to know that they are seen, they are heard. Yes, there's the group elements, but I also include one-on-one -on -one elements because I like to be able to flex like and really personalize the help and support that's being provided because everyone's different where they're coming in, their skill set, their experience, where they're going is different. So for me, it becomes how can I even within a group program, personalize it as much as possible. Awesome. And how long does it typically last? Is there a, a set amount of time for the program itself or is it just whatever it takes? Yeah. So the program itself, like my, my big program is six months long. I do have an online course though, that is self-study complete at your own pace. And then if someone would like you know, coaching on top of that, they're taking the program and just want a little more support around clarity. I'm happy to do that as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. I love everything you're doing and bringing 40 year old plus women into their own and living a better life and a life of purpose that can serve them um, forever. Uh, so if you are looking for more visibility, more business savvy or mindset coaching, get with Danielle Jaworski. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-J-O-W-O-R-S-K-I.com, DanielleJaworski.com. You can sync up with her there. I'm sure she's got some resources on that website that will blow your mind. And you can uh, be involved with group coaching, individual coaching, and get into her program and get on the road to a better life. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for this conversation. I really enjoyed myself and this is a really great time. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much, Danielle. And thank you for being a queen that leads.